welcome to the ETB Team podcast episode number 66 with myself and Anna. Hi Anna, how are you? Hello, I am surprisingly better than I sound. <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. You sound, you still sound funny. You sound like you've just spent the night outside in the cold for full 12 hours and then come back in. That's what you sound like. It's quite nice. Kind of well, like after deep. a night out, you know, when we used to do those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have one friend that was like, I am here for the sexy Phoebe vibes. Um, yeah, I was about to say that. That's what I always said to me when I had one. She's like, you sound quite sexy with your voice like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm here for it, to be fair. Like I said, I feel absolutely fine. It just sounds like this for whatever reason. <laughs> well, as long as it's not the Rona, it's fine. It's not, I promise. I've done my test. I'm all clear. It's a rhino. God almighty. Um, I don't think we've got anything to cover this week before we crack on with the questions. From what my brain tells me. (laughs) No, I don't think so. No. What was that noise? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just a quad bike going down the road. (laughs) As long as it's a quad bike and not your gear, it's fine. Sounds like a bodily, (laughs) bodily noise. Um, okay, do you want to go first today? Yes, oh, I'm going to start with this one. Uh, self-compassionate me says being drawn to carby, hyper-palatable foods while I'm not feeling well is okay and to just go with it. But less compassionate me says don't fall into the habits of those being your go-to food choices and to fight off the cold and infection you should be eating more nutrition foods. What voice do I listen to? What what person do you want to be? <laughs> like, and I mean that, uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to be a compassionate person or do you want to be an arsehole? And I think that's what, like, that's <laughs> to the point. But, it, but it's true, like, this person is obviously not, right? So I think you kind of, we can't tell you what we won't tell you ever what to do but you know what we're going to say in terms of if we had to pick you know what both of us would say on that front (laughs) like you can't if you're trying to become a more compassionate person and you have a compassionate voice in your head and you have the old like more inner critic side voice in your head what do you think is the right direction to go in what do you think is the one that a compassionate person would listen to and it's not necessarily going to be the easiest one. It's not going to necessarily be the one that you automatically go to if you spent 20 years listening to the other one. But that, the, the clue is in the question, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to add to that. I think you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thanks. It was very deep. Um, <laughs> okay. Body weight settling point sounds like an optimal place for the body to be. How do you know when or if you are close to that settling point? My weight goes up and down about a kilogram each week, each week. So I can say it's consistent, but that doesn't mean I'm at my settling point. Is this only achieved once completely free of any kind of food or body preoccupation? Do you want me to jump in on that one? Just yeah, I think it yeah that's by, all means. <laughs> by I, all means. Yeah, I think it's because I had brought it up last week as well. Um, it doesn't only occur when you're completely free of any food or body preoccupation but if you are still um, if you are still thinking about how to eat under a certain number of calories 
in the sort of externally guided way, or if you are if you are considering and I mean this I suppose over considering as opposed to just be mindful of if you are overly considering your energy budget every day whether that's through exercise or food then you're probably not at a place where you're settling range within your settling range within your settling range you should be able to be relatively intuitive to your hunger and fullness and pretty much maintain your weight um you should still be able to honour your preferences but predominantly be eating of course kind of less processed foods lean proteins fibre etc but you should still be able to socialise without thinking about like overthinking about food or feeling a certain way about the food that you've had and it should all feel relatively natural it's kind of hard to say what that looks like on each person Um, it's everyone's different in terms of like levels of body fat so to speak where their settling range is and that's going to have a huge genetic component but it's generally it's generally a little bit bigger than you want it to be I think in personal like from personal experience and experience with clients but not always yeah no I think I think like you said that settling point is a greater range than what you think it might be mm. um i mean what was the weights fairly consistently fluctuating one or two kilos was it yeah but i know for myself it's probably double that yeah and, and that's with me not thinking not trying it just is yeah you're totally right that's such a good point <laughs> Excuse me, you're such a good We are the picture of health. <laughs> um, you're right. And I've said this to quite a few people this week. Like, people will overanalyze a, a half a kilogram fluctuation in weight up or down either way. And it's like, if that's going up and down half a kilogram either way, that's barely even a fluctuation. It's just yeah. What, yeah. like, it's barely like a settling range could be, like you said, like four or five kilos and it goes up and down over time. It's not going up 0.2 kilos and then going down 0.3 the next week necessarily and usually if you're that mean like if you're that tight with your scale weight it's probably because you're doing you're doing something to make it that tight yeah you're, you're managing it quite yeah. well yeah, yeah. or it's manage well or well or uh, controlled yeah yeah, because I, I mean, I know she won't mind me sharing this by any means, but I, we were delving in with a client uh, last week after she had two takeaways on a Friday and Saturday. Enjoyed them both, but on the Saturday then there were feelings of guilt and we explored why and it, it came down to, well, I had more than what I felt I should have. Mm. So there's still that underlying... Um, awareness of, of of intake when if, if you're like you said but if you're truly at that that point at that settling range you're not thinking about that it can just happen yeah yeah I totally agree with that and I think sometimes you can be on the surface level say well I'm not counting my calories so it's fine but there's more to it than just like the track inside of things yeah um 
on days when you don't feel hungry, is it still a good idea to eat small, regular meals? Okay. Sorry, this, this is from a client that um, is struggling with overeating. Yes, it's even more potentially important because it's a little bit more challenging on those days. The, the, the reason so many people struggle to get out of overeating and binge eating is because they're not regular and especially not regular when they're not hungry. And often they're not hungry, not always, but often they're not hungry because they're, they've overeaten. And I think there's this huge drive to go from I'm regularly overeating to being an intuitive eater almost immediately and you're not honoring your hunger and your fullness when you're moving out of overeating you are finding a routine and a structure to help manage that and then once you get to a place of ease with that then you can think right let's start looking more at honoring your hunger and honoring your fullness and being more intuitive but it's not just because you're not tracking your calories and you've always tracked your calories doesn't mean that you're eating intuitively if you're trying to move through that stuff so yeah it's potentially even more important on those days mm. yeah absolutely I mean like you said to begin with it is it's that case of you're eating to manage the overeating and in particularly in the first part of your journey you're still discovering about your hunger and fullness levels so you're not truly eating according to that yeah exactly that Exactly. Um, okay. <coughs> Why is it that I'm obsessed with not looking quote unquote fat or overweight, but then rarely put on makeup, never do my hair, dress in hideous, unflattering clothes day to day? I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about your story today, Anna, when you're like, mm, my, my taste and style is questionable. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it was so awful. <laughs> um, that I have the exception for work but even then I don't wear nice clothes or makeup I tell myself I shouldn't waste the things on myself or not for a good occasion but all results in me feeling shitter what is it about weight and shape that trumps all other stuff um do you know I, I changed what I was thinking then because what was the part where it says I, I shouldn't waste yeah, on myself I tell, I tell myself I shouldn't waste things on myself or not for a good occasion yeah there, there's your answer it's, it's self-worth isn't it mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah absolutely that you don't want to spend money on yourself and you don't want to you don't think that you're worthy of putting the money into those things for yourself and if your self-worth is low you're probably not going to want to put makeup and things on because you don't you kind of think what's the point if I'm not worthy as I am why would I bother doing these other things so I think the self-worth side of that is huge and you see this a lot with people who are coming out of eating disorders um there is this just this really large discomfort with um I say self-care because I can't think of a better term but self-care and um self-appreciation in the terms of especially financially but in any sort of sense like that and mm. it's a really key sign that you need to work on your self-worth I think in terms of why is it that you're obsessed with looking fat and overweight because it's not about your body it's not about the, your appearance it's about using your body's scapegoat for punishing yourself using your body's escape 
quote for control and then that still comes down to self-worth if you're trying to punish yourself because you don't because you don't think you're worthy of something your body is one of the easiest things although it's not it's the easiest go-tos for doing that so it's not about the way that you look and I think again I'm not going to talk about patriarchy right now but (laughs) when you spend 30 years being told that that's changing your body is the way to success and to feeling good enough and your self-worth is low where do you think you're going to put your attention it's going to be to the thing that you've been told for 30 years is the way that you should the thing that you should change in order to feel better or to feel more than or better than um so that's probably why that's that type of question is a really good question to to journal on on that note Anna you did a highlight reel the other day of all your journal prompts and I want to highlight highlight it yeah because it's really useful so if you're trying to get into journaling then the highlight reel on your page is really good for that but that's Um, good (laughs) meaning to do it for so long (laughs) so so long (laughs) and finally finally had the chance well it looks very helpful and I think this type of question is a really good one too yeah absolutely absolutely I did put on someone's full body change so that might be helpful Excellent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think stretching is important before after before or after going to the gym not before dynamic like mobility work is useful before mm. training sometimes um but you shouldn't be static stretching before you train um and then i mean i, I want to know your thoughts my thoughts would be if it's like you said if it's helpful mobility dynamic stretching can be helpful before you train um like if you've got some niggles or something then yeah go ahead but I think if it's easy to tag it on in that point like around your session because stretching yes is important it's it's good but I think it's something that more of us should be doing throughout the day rather than assuming that just because we're in the gym, that's what we need to do. Yeah, I agree. I think, oh, this is a total side note. Uh, I did a Pilates class earlier this week. I saw, I saw. I was like, why are you doing that? That's going to be... <laughs> that was, it was horrific. I don't, what kind I, was it? I don't know. I don't know what kind, but... I couldn't do you know what I thought I thought of you the whole time I thought who, who even are you I feel like I don't know you anymore now that I know that that's what you do you teach I, do you I know what? Um, what? it sounds it sounds awful because I, I, I mean I only I only do a couple of one-to-ones now um because the the lady that I was teaching for uh moved online last year um but I don't think I fully got it. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? You know, since you're doing more yoga in lockdown and building that connection, and I, I, I've kind of moved more into yoga than Pilates practice on my own. And um, yeah, I don't think I've ever kind of put that same awareness to my Pilates practice, which is awful saying, but maybe I should try it. <laughs> Well, I tried it because obviously I normally would do yoga, so I tried to use the awareness from that into <coughs> Pilates. But I just found it. 
like I'm trying to do different things because I wasn't I'm not really bothered about going to the gym and I thought I'll try it because I couldn't go to a yoga class let's just see and I couldn't keep up with how quickly you have to do stuff in the Mm. sense of like when you're doing I don't know what the correct Pilates term is but basically (laughs) hip abduction right line hip abduction and then there was like a woman next to me in the class who must have been in her 60s you're going for it her legs were going at like 100 miles an hour and I was like she was like pulse 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 and I was like I my food just wouldn't keep up with it and I was not very good and I was just wasn't very good and that's maybe why I was like I don't like this very much because I'm crap um, and that, that's what spurred me on when I did my teacher training because I was I was doing it in classes where the women were like mid to late 50s early 60s and they were nailing it and I couldn't touch my toes I was like oh (laughs) need to do some work yeah exactly and also also it triggers the core gasm response because there's so much core work I had Mm -hmm. uh, it's one thing that happening in the gym when you're doing line leg raises another thing happening in the class of older women and yourself (laughs) you know what maybe you should try reformer work that's that's pilates but it's so tough it's so good though it looks fun I'll try that next time Mm, um sorry that was a side note (laughs) so the answer to that question is not necessarily I think include incorporating some flexibility and mobility work within your overall weekly routine is helpful um but the key the key contributor to lack of injury is strength not flexibility so yeah I don't ever stretch after training, put it that way. No. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, it was a couple of weeks ago because I had last week off the gym entirely. And I, I my knee went when I was squatting and in my check-in with Dan, I was like, oh, I, th- I think it's because my hips are really tight. And he was like, it won't just be your hips. You'll be really tight because you're sitting down more <laughs> when you're working. I was like, wow, I feel seen. <laughs> so I yeah, I was like... Just do just do some more stretching throughout the day. Oh, yes, Dan, I know. Back <laughs> off. Leave me be. I'm a Pilates instructor and I do yoga. <laughs> oh, I'd like to see Dan do some Pilates or some yoga, to be fair. He's, uh, Laura is a Pilates instructor, isn't she? Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he did any. I doubt yeah, it. I doubt it too. <laughs> um, okay. After all this work on values, I'd love to know what yours are. I think some of these had been discussed before. Oh, yes. What are yours? Um, I think, uh, I, do, I do know them. I'm just trying to maybe pick the top three. Do you know what's interesting? I, whilst you think, I um, asked somebody recently a talk I did. I think it was Steve's talk that I did. And I said, like how many of you know what your business values are and like half of them put their hand up because they're personal trainers so how many of you know what your personal values are oh you were there and they were like yeah and the room was empty yeah nobody knew what their their personal values were and I just thought you're literally how do you know how to live your life when you don't even know what's important exactly like you use them all the time to guide you to make decisions wow (laughs) yeah it was quite scary I just thought especially in fitness at the moment value is such a buzzword that I was quite surprised that they hadn't jumped on that and I just thought how are you even guiding any sort of decision Mm. 
So and mine yeah, are going to be um, honesty, health, family, happiness, and love. Oh, they're nice. Not that we have judgments <laughs> on anyone's values. <laughs> they're, I'm very neutral, but they are nice. Um, I like the honesty in there. Nice. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Mine are connection, uh, love, mm. love. Mm. Um, fun. Yeah, Emma's <laughs> this podcast. Fun, correct. It is. And um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> integrity. Mm-hmm. And um, that might be it. That might be it at the moment. That's a good mix, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I think. I think that's. I think that's in. I think like the thing is like they can change all the time, right? The ones that always stick with me are like love and integrity. They in the last year they're the ones that I've always stuck to the top. And then fun in the last three months has been a priority <laughs> for us. And then, um, yeah. But don't you think they they, they can change? <coughs> um, and if you also, if you don't know what they are, and you listen to this, like you need to know you need to know what they are because how do you know? Like for example, if I didn't get enough work done today, which obviously I have, but if I didn't get enough work done today, but I went out for dinner tonight, I'd be like, I could be really frustrated, and I could be like, do you know what? Right now fun is like one of the most important things to me so it's legit that's as long as I get my work done later it's legit that I've slacked off a little bit because I'm living in line with what's important and it just helps so much with your decision making when you're like well should I do this or should I do that and it's like well what what do you genuinely say that you value and you work your values out when you're not in a stress situation and you're chill and you've got time to think about it so you're not making like a knee-jerk decision mm-hmm. Okay, so this client's just gone fully self-employed and is asking about setting boundaries with friends who don't seem to understand that she still wants to carry on working set hours. Um, it doesn't really matter what they think and it doesn't really matter. They're not either, they're, if they're self-employed, then they know that, that how important it is to have your own working hours and boundaries. And if they're not self-employed, then they're not self-employed. So they have absolutely no idea what it's like to be self-employed. Their opinion is kind of irrelevant. Like, why do you care? That I mean, this in a nice this is way, like, why do you care what they think about what times you choose to work? If that's genuinely their biggest concern in their life, then, I mean, they're doing pretty well, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, literally, just say, I, I, I don't know what their concern is with you working certain hours maybe they want to see you more I think you say I can see you at these times this is my alternative option if I can't make that time and I think if you keep saying no to people if this is the thing if you keep saying no to people and you're not offering an alternative then then that's they're going to think well maybe you don't want to see me and then that's maybe an issue so always offering an alternative but you saying I can't do something and I'm working I can do this time and this time like that's life that's adult life and if they've got a problem with that then I mean they need to grow up but um I can't can't imagine why someone would have a problem with that 
No, I, I think it's it's that assumption, isn't it, that you're self-employed living that laptop lifestyle that you can just drop things to suit. But mm. especially when you are just moving to being fully self-employed, it's really important that you set that time aside and put your efforts in to building up. Uh, and I know she's a coach, so building up that client base and building up content for your social media. And as you said, it, it's, it is her problem. Uh, I'm assuming mm. it's her. But if you don't set those boundaries, then that's just going to build up resentment. Yeah. And it's not anyone else's fault if you don't get your work done. It's your own fault. So remember that if you feel bad about setting a boundary with them, be like, well, well how do you want to feel next week when you've not done your work or you're not? earning as much money as you could do in two months time because you your friend wanted to have coffee at a time that you generally work and I think as well when you're first starting you you want to be you can often be a bit stricter with that after you've been going for a long time and you've built up a business and you've got a steady income then you can be like do you want we might take this time off this day off um, on a Monday afternoon and then pick up pick it up on a Sunday like you might feel more able to be flexible but when you're first starting I think this is obviously not this person because she, clearly she's probably the opposite. But I think there's this idea of like when you quit your full-time job, you, you oh, I don't have to work nine to five anymore. This is great or I'm not taking advantage of it. It's like, no, you probably have to work seven till seven, yeah. six days a week, seven days a week. It's not less, it's more usually within the first year or two of being self-employed. Yeah, absolutely. At least. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, okay I want to exercise for health benefits but I'm scared that it will either give me hunger which is hard for me to manage right now or I'll start using it to compensate for what I eat do you have any suggestions for how to get back to it so this is this is um, one of Denai's clients who is become is moving through overeating etc so sorry the, the the first part was they're worried about the hunger then then what else was it um i'm worried about the hunger that's hard for me to manage or i'll start using it to compensate for what i eat Mm. um so calling yourself out for that sort of thinking because you don't need to earn or burn your food Mm. um and i suppose thinking finding a way to exercise that you're going to enjoy as well so you're not in in that mindset either yeah I think that's with the exercise stuff it's absolutely that it's about don't wear a Fitbit or other watch um do something that you're not going into it thinking I'm doing this to change the shape my shape I'm doing this to improve my fitness or I'm doing this for enjoyment and like you said calling yourself out on that I think if you're worried about that it's going to increase your hunger level, then great, go cool. right next week. I'm going to start going to maybe a couple of classes or whatever it is that you want to do for your exercise. So from next week onwards, I'm going to increase my portion sizes of my of my main meals by a little bit, like 20%, whatever. Act like be proactive so that if you're eating more, then you're not going to get that increase in, or you might get an increase in hunger, but you're eating more, so it balances out. So be so rather than waiting to react to it, 
if you're early on so this kind of goes back to the earlier question if you're early on in this at this part you're not being intuitive you're being regular so just be proactive with it and then longer term yeah you'll probably find that you might have a bit of higher hunger than you used to have but you will be able to honor that properly so just be just be proactive with it I think mm. I had a discussion with someone else earlier actually who I was on a call with someone and he said how and he was just kind of working out the type of work that we do and he said how do you manage the people who have disordered eating habits who want to improve their fitness but they're scared to do it and they have this background it's pretty much the same question actually and you know there is no clear cut answer but it's very much just about not quantifying things and not focusing on changing the way you look by the way that the food that you eat or the exercise that you do it's focusing on everything else which is the opposite of everything you've probably ever done which got you into this place in the first place or contributed to it yeah yeah um oh this is one from steph's clients uh themes on hope we'll never have sparks of motivation to train all the time it's not possible obviously i feel a big spark right right now knowing i can see my partner again but i'm someone who needs hope to thrive in whatever form that takes how can I chunk my big hopes into smaller, more productive ones? There's a place for dis discipline, of course, but especially for people who are too hard on themselves, perfectionists. How do we reframe our goals and ideals into digestible little hope pieces in order to positively reaffirm a healthy, non-toxic discipline? What a nice question. <laughs> that was, wasn't that worded so like all obviously all the questions are great but it was worded so beautifully little pockets of digestible hope <laughs> I wonder what this person's job is or if they do a lot of journaling that's I like that um okay hmm. I suppose this question this is kind of a question on I know yeah oh hang on I think that this kind of touching on that delayed gratification, I did a post on it today and actually I've written an email on it for tomorrow, weirdly. I have already written it, it's not in response to this question. Um, <coughs> but I think that we have this cognitive bias, which is like present bias, present day bias, I think it's present bias, where we over... Um, overweight things that are like in the present day and underweight things in the future so you are thinking about right now you've got that big waiting on seeing your partner like pretty soon and I think it's about saying like that's that's important and that's obviously a driver for you but thinking about longer term and trying to put more weighting on longer term so maybe you're training because you want to um I don't know, improve your muscle mass for your health. And it's very hard to say, well, I'm 25 and I care about my muscle mass when I'm 60 because when we're 60, or we've just gone through menopause and we are like prone to losing muscle and then we're increased risk of falling and all of these things. It's really hard to care about that stuff. But I think actually sitting down and writing about all the longer term reasons why you're doing something can be really, really helpful. Um, I also think... I don't think it's a bad thing to say you need hope to thrive in whatever form that takes. If I 
like I, I think everyone has that and I don't think we have to pathologize it like if I know that I'm dating someone I'm like mm, I might try a little bit hard during the gym this week <laughs> <laughs> I might not have my pizza the night before my date not because it's going to change my body but just because I think well what I care about right now is feeling like on top of the world when I go so that's how I feel my best and it's not I think I don't think we should pathologize that I don't think it's a it's a bad thing um I don't know, what do you think yeah no I I think it's quite nice isn't it to have him for having that hope um but no I think like you like you were saying just thinking longer term so it's 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 not that kind of toxic way of thinking yeah and I also think that you've had the person who's asked this question you've hit the nail on the head like of course you're not motivated all the time and it's just by building a habit and and almost just practicing that acceptance of saying I can't be arsed but I'm going to do it rather than trying to change it because you're never going to be motivated all the time like you said so just accepting like can't really be bothered but I'm doing it because it's good for me and that's all it, that's all it really has to be yeah and that's still being compassionate so well exactly exactly um I was just saying I I am um, I'm in London at the moment and we've been walking tons and tons and I'm hungry and I was saying to Emma earlier I was like I miss the days where in the in the olden days I would have been really buzzed like I would have thought oh yes I'm doing like 20,000 steps and I would have embraced the impact that has on my energy balance being like yeah yes now I'm like oh my god I've done 20,000 steps and I, I'm not eating enough and I'm worried that my, my legs are going to be like <laughs> I'm like I miss the days when I like now I just think I'm really hungry I need to just eat more and it's almost like a nuisance rather than in the past I definitely would just be like oh secretly bust off my text for it <laughs> do you know what now if I do 20,000 steps my hips know about it <laughs> like, I went on a walk with a friend last night I was like I, I, no this is this is this is the limit right now no no <laughs> yeah I mean same I'm not gonna lie <laughs> pretty buzzed I'm still moving it's all that yoga and pilates that's what that is yeah I need to clearly up my yoga <laughs> pilates clearly um okay thanks everyone for your questions bit shorter than usual because we're just mindful of the it's a bit of a dodgy sound quality today so and also Anna's voice is dead and my chest is dead so combined it's not it's not a delight um but we will any other questions we've answered we will answer them next week thank you everyone thank you